Multi-millionaire rapper Young Thug just got hit with a RICO indictment that may have him facing life in prison. Now, Young Thug, whose real name is Jeffrey Lamar Williams, he is facing two charges, conspiracy to violate the racketeering criminal law and criminal street gang activity. The vast majority of people may not understand how severe a racketeering charge like this is. Here's criminal lawyer Bruce Rivers breaking it down. Williams is a founder of the New York Slime Life Gang, street gang that began in Atlanta in 2012. Well, guess what? When you have a conspiracy case, the statute of limitations tolls uh, as long as it's an ongoing conspiracy. As long as they're continuing to commit these acts, something that happened eight years ago, their charge under RICO continues. And so the statute of limitations doesn't run until the last act occurs. But I think the deeper question a lot of people have is how can someone be this successful, have this much access to wealth, and still be tied up in running his own street gang? Is it just life imitating art? Or are there some economic factors at work that most people don't quite fully understand? So on this video, I'll be discussing how something like this can happen beyond just the superficial, he made bad decisions and couldn't escape his old life, and what are the spiritual implications that can apply to all of us. Bruce Law. Young Thug has 25 million monthly listeners on Spotify. For context, the biggest monthly listeners for any other artist is Ed Sheeran around 80 million, Justin Bieber around 79 million. What does that mean? That means that Young Thug has about a third of the monthly listeners as the biggest artist in the world. So this isn't like a struggle rapper on SoundCloud trying to get his start, though some people may want to create that character of him. This is a fairly successful individual. If he were an independent artist, I ran the numbers. His monthly revenue from Spotify alone would generate him around $3 million per month. That's if he owned his entire catalog. I'm going to come back to that later in the video because I want to break down the economics of how this works, which will tie into the spiritual implications for a lot of us. But if we're frank, uh, the vast majority of his content is, is flat out debauchery. Uh, though I think he's very creative and once upon a time, his earlier catalog like Barter 6 was kind of a guilty pleasure for me. Nothing really redemptive about it, though as of late, he's became a bit more introspective. What I find most ironic about this entire situation is how they built the, this case, the way they assembled this. And so I'm going to go back to Bruce Rivers, who's going to break down that for us. And then we're going to get into the, the economics of this entire situation and why were they selling incredible amounts of drugs and running a criminal enterprise and then the spiritual implications. So check out what Bruce Rivers said in terms of how they were able to build this case. Listen. You know, we saw the old block indictment, right? And now we're seeing this indictment. And guess what? According to the New York Times, the new charging document, other court records show that Fulton County prosecutors have been paying close attention to what? To music and social media output of the Atlanta area rappers. So what they were paying attention to to build this case was... Gunners, Young Thugs, YSLs own social media. And this story goes deep. It is straight out of a movie. If you guys don't know, YFN Lucci was a rival rapper from a rival gang in Atlanta who was also dating Lil Wayne's daughter, uh, who Young Thug 
ex-road managers shot up Little Wayne's tour bus, which is also in this indictment. Like, there are so many layers and layers and layers up in this entire situation. So you got to be really flipping careful of what you put in line. Oh, there it is. You, you just, because they're going to use it against you. So the indictment was built on social media, clout, Instagram stories, posting, threats, wild that that's what they were using and how a lot of this stuff is people telling on themselves now. So uh, I want to get into the economics of the music industry. I've talked briefly about this. I come from the music industry before I was doing YouTube professionally. Since 2015, I was doing music professionally, traveling all over the country, independently releasing music. Still generates a multi-five-figure income for me. And it's a, it's a, it's a, Awesome revenue stream if you understand how it works, but it could also be a crippling and debilitating rat race if you don't understand how it works and if you do the traditional route. So I'm gonna break that down, but before we get into that, I gotta go to our sponsors. Hey, this video is brought to you today by our very own Bless God Shop. The name Bless God is inspired by Luke chapter 2, verse 28, where Simeon encounters a baby Jesus in the temple and proceeds to, quote, bless God. The apparel is intended as a daily reminder to live our life in a way that brings honor and blessing to God. Check out the link to the shop in the description or in the pinned comment below and pick up some of the most sustainable and high-quality apparel out there. What happened was Young Thug formed a gang in 2020. 12 YSL 12. He was already in the music industry. He was already doing stuff with Gucci Mane. He was already kind of booming. We had been hearing his name for well over a decade with the melodic flows. A lot of people saying he sounded like Little Wayne, so on and so forth. He did some stuff with Rich Homie Quan, Birdman, the whole bit. And what is being alleged in this Rico indictment is that he was running a criminal enterprise on around his YSL brand, which was also connected as a record label of sorts. So he has his record label and the record label is functioning as a criminal organization. They're running drugs. They're committing crimes. They're, you know, shooting people. There's murders involved. There's one case where a 14 year old was a bystander and got shot. This is like wild stuff. And so though he didn't directly did any violent crimes, he was, ba he's basically positioned as the ring leader of this entire operation. And I think to most of us, we would go, wait a minute, why? With this person who is seemingly successful and is seemingly making money in the music industry with the jewelry, with the cars, working with Birdman, traveling with all these people. On one point, he was on tour with Travis Scott. Why would he be running a criminal organization? Okay. And a surf superficial surface answer would be like, well, it's hard to get out of the life. People get sucked back into their old friend group. Um, I don't think it's quite that simple. Let me break down the mechanics of how the music industry works. So when you are in, a, in the music industry, you get something that is called an advance can be, we could just call it 100K. That is a generous advance, meaning that you sign to a record contract and you get $100,000. Now, for most folks, that sounds like an insane amount of money. It's a lot of money. And remember, nowadays, to get signed to a record label, you have to work a lot to get to this level of having a $100,000 advance of money. But what people don't understand is that is an advance that you have to recoup. And how does this work? Well, from your advance, your royalty rate is 20% 
if you're really, really, really booming. You negotiate. It's usually around 15 to uh, 16, 17%. Sometimes as low as eight, sometimes as high as 20. We're going to go with the higher up numbers here. Now, a $100,000 advance goes to the artist. You're going to have to spend another couple hundred thousand dollars to make the album, okay? So let's just keep the math really simple, and we're just going to say it costs another 100K to market, to make, and market this project. So now you are in the hole 200K to the label, okay? So what's what does that mean? That means you're in debt $200,000 to the record company. Now, what most folks don't understand is that that 200K is not recouped or paid back from the first $200,000 that comes in. No. So now, as an artist, you're in the hole for $200,000, okay? Real simple. Your split is 20%, okay? That is your split. So you think, man, I sold Young Thug was out here selling 50,000 records, 50,000 records times, let's just call it $7 an album. That's pretty good money. Well, what you don't understand is you only recoup, you only pay back your $200,000 debt from this 20%. What does that mean? Very simply, what that means is that you have to generate the label $1 million to what? To pay back $200,000. Why? Because your royalty rate is only 20%. Okay? So out of your 20% is how you're paying back the money. So you got to generate them a million to pay back 200000 Now, someone like Young Thug, someone like Kanye, someone, right, you just scale those numbers up. Someone Young Thug, like Young Thug was probably getting a million-dollar advance, right? He's getting a million-dollar advance. Boom, that's money in his pocket. That's money to do the album. But he now has to generate $5 million of sales to recoup, okay? And what does that mean? That means that most artists are out here living not off of the money they make from the record company. They're actually always in a cycle of debt in a record company. They are living off of the advances. Think about that for a second, okay? So what does that mean? That means that most rappers out here are living advance to advance and digging themselves deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper in debt. Now, what used to happen was artists would go out and they would set, they would go do the shows and they would make money off of the shows and the labels didn't get to touch that. Well, that changed in the early 2000s when something that was introduced called the 360 deal. So now the record company, because they're quote unquote invested, is making money off of your shows, is making money off of your merchandising, is making money off of your other endorsements. And Young Thug, who first came in through Gucci Man, then he got signed at 300, probably didn't have the best contract agreement. He was extremely popular and he made some innovative music, but the potential of what he was earning was stifled in how much money was being taken off the top. So now remember, if we go back to this example, you got, uh, let's just say Young Thug goes on tour and let's just say he makes $10 million on tour. What you're forgetting is now the manager is going to take 15 to 20% off top. The booking agent is going to take their 10% off top. Then you got taxes 
Then you got to pay your crew. You got to pay the entourage. You got to pay a lot of people. So that $10 million, and I, I use $10 million because I remember Ja Rule at his peak was going on tour for $12 million. Young Thug is going on tour. Just throw out a number, $10 million. If he's headlining, he's doing arenas. That's not a crazy number. I think Kanye was getting $20 million a tour. All these numbers start deducing, and you actually can be in a position where you're again taking an advance and remaining in debt. This is how a lot of people, and remember, net worth is not determined whether or not you, you have money in your bank account. Young Thug's net worth can be $20 million, but that could be tied up in a lot, a lot of liabilities, on top of which the entourage that's around him and the need to flex, the need to have the latest clothes, the latest jewelry, the latest this, the latest that, creates this allure of how these rappers think they have to appear, which means what? Which means they need more overhead to sustain themselves. Now, I'm not sure exactly about Young Thug's contract or any of that. I'm pre presenting a theory that what I think is happening here is that them selling drugs, large amounts of drugs, and functioning as a criminal organization on the side wasn't out of just complete ignorance and debauchery, okay? It was because there was a lot of people around, and they were needing ways to generate revenue, and so ends justify the means. It helped their street credibility. Anybody from that area would tell you that Young Thug, even though he wore dresses, even though he did some weird things and allude to being gay, Young Thug was always in the area of Atlanta known as a street guy. That was that was a real dude that within that community, you weren't ever fooling around, right? You, that wasn't somebody you messed with. And so why are we discussing this? There's two verses. I, I would hope that those of us that, that are critically thinking, those of us that are paying attention to culture, paying attention to what's going on, I would hope that we would never be too arrogant as to assume that we can't learn from situations that are happening. And so when I heard about this and I did the math on that and I thought about this and I, and I know from firsthand experience that a lot of rappers that are signed, a lot of rappers that are on major labels, a lot of rappers that are in this ecosystem aren't actually making the type of money you think they're making and they're either lying to you or in Takashi 69s case they're lying to the judges and all the lawsuits they have that are coming up lawyer fees all that kind of stuff and I thought about this verse in Proverbs chapter 13 and this connects to a real concept that many of you guys are going to experience so just follow along with me for a second Proverbs chapter 13 verse 7 says one person pretends to be rich yet has nothing another pretends to be poor yet has great wealth. One person can pretend to be rich, yet have nothing. Another person can pretend to be poor, yet have great wealth. They did a study of the millionaire next door. This is a real book. And they found out that the vast majority of millionaires aren't out here with large incomes. They're actually people that are frugal, that are living below their means. They're driving a car that's about 10 years old. They actually don't spend a lot of money on designer clothes. They actually don't spend a lot of money on going out and buying fancy dinners. They actually live a modest, meek lifestyle that allows them to build and accumulate wealth because wealth is actually about assets versus liabilities. When you have a big entourage, when you have a lot of cars, when you have a lot of houses, when you have a lot of people on payroll, when you have a lot of people to take care of, those liabilities stack up and it'll get in the way of you actually building wealth that can sustain you and create money for you while you sleep. Now, again, I have no idea what his actual day-to-day -day expenses are like, but it wouldn't surprise me. Lil Yachty came out. Lil Yachty's monthly expenses, think about this, monthly expenses were $50,000 a month just to keep everything going, okay? So this is Lil Yachty. Now, imagine someone, Young Thug, with a bunch of folks around, a bunch of families taking care of. He has 10 kids with like eight or nine different mothers. There's a lot of overhead there. There's a lot of expenses there. So don't assume that just because someone looks wildly successful that they're able to sustain 
sustain themselves on top of which, and this is what this, this is how this impacts you and I, there's this concept called lifestyle creep, that if you're living a comfortable lifestyle, you will essentially keep wanting to improve the quality of your lifestyle, the restaurants that you want to go out to, the clothes that you want to wear, the gyms that you want to go to, all of these things slowly creep up and your overhead will slowly creep up. And above all else, boasting in these things and creating the facade that you need to have a designer clothes, you need to have jewelry, you need to have all of these different things to play the part in the music industry, to play the part as credible in your community, go directly in contradiction with what scripture encourages us to do, which is, this is directly out of Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23. It says, this is what, this is what the Lord says, let, let not the wise boast of their wisdom or their strong boast of their strength or the rich boast of their riches, but let the one who boasts boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth for in these I delight declares the Lord. So here in Jeremiah, God's saying, hey man, don't, don't get caught up in boasting about your wealth. Don't get caught up in boasting about your strength. Don't get caught up in boasting about things on this side of eternity. What you really should be boasting about is knowing and understanding God and God's ways because that's ultimately who exercises kindness and justice and mercy and delight in that. That's a direct application for many of us that are here that are wondering, man, I want to do something better with my life. I want to improve my situation. I do want to earn more money. I do want to change my family tree. I do want to build a business. However, we don't do it by boasting and flexing on the next man. You don't do it by needing to maintain a certain image. And you definitely don't do it by sliding into this ends justify the means where now you're creating an enterprise just to maintain a certain standard of life. And again, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Young Thug was the guy that got little Baby off the streets and gave him money to start rapping. I don't think he's a dumb individual that was just like, yeah, we're going to be in the streets doing stupid stuff, right? Like, I think this is over the course of a long time. You veer, and before you know it, you're out here involved in all kinds of nonsense that has nothing to do with you. And it may be because of a financial side. It may be because of a credibility side. I don't know. But what I do know is this entire story and the way it looks like it's going to play out, which is a lot of young men are going to sit down. Young Thug is 30 years old. A lot of these guys are going to sit down and do enormous amounts of time in prison, potentially life. Folks don't walk away from these sorts of charges with Rico and all this sort of stuff unscathed. You're talking about Gunner, who had a booming career. You're talking about Young Thug. And I don't, I don't endorse any of their content. I think the vast majority of it is toxic, unhelpful, and, and, and not edifying. However, it's still tragic to see these sorts of things happen and think, gosh, man, this could have been avoided, but... This man, as a, as a famous rapper, decided to start a gang. As someone that was already successful, right? Like, started his own gang and had some affiliations. They got all this information. They got all this stored up. And they're saying that this might even bleed over to other rappers in the area. They're saying that there's other rappers that they're watching. In the same way they came down on train, uh, Treyway and, and, and Takashi 69 they're building Rico cases against multiple groups and uh, affiliations and entourages that overlap with street activity. So, man, build your life correct the first time. Build your life in a way that, that, that doesn't, uh, doesn't mean you have to slide into this sort of stuff and do this debaucherous stuff. Because, yes, the love of money is the root to all kinds of evil. But earning money to provide for yourself, earning money to provide for your family, earning money to provide for your future legacy and your future generations, there's nothing wrong with earning money. The, the scriptures say a lot about earning money. When there's something wrong, 
wrong is when, beco- when money becomes your idol, when money becomes your driving focal point, and then you develop an ends justify the means mentality, so asinine and backwards to what actually causes flourishing in your life. If you guys want to check out the video with Kendrick Lamar addressing some of these same issues with regards to some of the tension that we're seeing in culture, be sure to check out this video over here. I'll see you guys over there. Peace.